Welcome to the Wags of SEI podcast, where we discuss life, love, and caregiving after spinal cord injury, hosted by Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. Both our partners are quadriplegics, and after connecting online in 2017, we began the advocacy and support group WAGS of SCI, which is an acronym for Wives and Girlfriends of Spinal Cord Injury. So you must be thinking, what is the goal with this group? Our goal is and has always been to establish and nurture a strong network of women around the world who understand and support one another while navigating the SCI life. We know firsthand the challenges that come with living this lifestyle. And our mission with this podcast is to spread education, awareness, and positivity from our unique perspective. So join us each week as we tackle deeper discussions around balancing life as a caregiver and a lover to someone with a spinal cord injury. Thank you so much for tuning in to the WAGS of SEI podcast. Here we go. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Wishart Brain and Spine Law. Led by our personal mentor and lawyer, Robin Wishart, Wishart Brain and Spine Law is a uniquely specialized law firm located in Vancouver, British Columbia. They focus their practice on complex spinal cord injury and traumatic brain injury cases. And they work with clients all over North America as advocates and a much needed resource in the spinal cord injury community. Robin and her team look at their clients differently than other firms. You're not just a case, you're a person with a family, a life, and a purpose. They are always looking for ways to help improve the quality of life for their clients by providing the support they need for their recovery, such as assisting with insurance and benefits paperwork, finding resources for home adaptations, setting up medical appointments with doctors and specialists, and making sure that their clients are doing physically and mentally okay. Wish Our Brain and Spine Law is proud to support WAGS of SCI. Robin is committed to helping clients and their families any way that she can, because she wants you to live your life and not your claim. Your first consultation is always free. So contact them at brainandspinelaw.com and make sure to mention that the WAGS of SCI sent you. This episode is sponsored in part by Camp Possibility. Camp Possibility is a one-week adapted camp for young adults aged 18 to 40 who have spinal cord injuries. This camp takes place in Martinsville, Indiana and runs from August 1st to 6th, 2021. Registration begins February 1st and there are limited spots available. For more information, visit www.camppossibility.org. That's Camp Possibility or email Lauren at camppossibility.org. You can also find them on Facebook, Instagram, or you can contact us at wagsofsci at gmail.com and we'd be happy to connect you. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Wags of SCI podcast. Thank you for joining us and being here with us today as we yet again take on a new topic. Uh, your hosts, Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget, will take you along this journey today. And we, of course, have a lovely quote we'd like to share at some point in our podcast with you to get you thinking. 
So today's topic is all about the COVID vaccination. Um, it's a huge, huge thing in our community right now. And, you know, in our groups and in our social pages, we've kind of opted out of sharing stories about the vaccine and sharing opinions about the vaccine because we like to opt out of things that could divide and separate us as a community. You know, we like to come together on SCI and caregiving issues, but things that people get heated about, like religion, politics, and the COVID vaccine is something that we're kind of shying away from. That being said, we still wanted to come on and talk about it because we wanted to expose some of the truths Um, and explain in real terms how it actually works. And then just discuss some of our own personal experiences with it. Um, But to get started, we're doing this new thing every week now where one of us shares a quote that has been really inspiring to them today. So today, Elena has a really awesome quote. Do you want to share? Yeah, you bet. And this quote um, comes from my book, as I've shared with all of you multiple times the book is called a year of positive thinking and i was gifted this by a secret santa from wags of sci this year and i just absolutely love this book it has each day has a fresh new quote to sort of you know begin your day and live by so believe it or not today's quote is called karma the quote is how people treat you is their karma how you react is yours. And to be quite honest, um, especially speaking of the COVID vaccine, I have had some very interesting uh, reactions and communication from other people, some actually within my family. So I found that, you know, how people treat you is their karma. It's very true, but I'm still working on the reacting part. (laughs) What about you, Brooke? (laughs) Well, I think that it's so empowering when you get to a place where you actually really understand that the way people react to you is a is a, um, a reflection of them and who they are inside. It's not necessarily about you. Um, everybody on the planet Earth has a completely different perspective um, of life, of people. You know, how you're viewed to one person is completely different to somebody else. And I think this is the key to not taking things personally is just really owning that and realizing that because once you realize that it changes everything. Like I know for me, when I really had an epiphany a few years ago of like, wait, this isn't personal. Um, And you really start understanding that everybody has their own experience and how they grew up and their conditioning and their thoughts and their schooling and their environment and their relationships, they all create a different perspective and a different lens that they view you through. So when it comes to controversial topics and things where people get super heated and they want to get their opinion across, you know, this is the reason why we don't like to touch on those things on the group because people get so passionate about their own perspective that they think it is the perspective. And mm-hmm, totally. right, right. There's, there's yeah. so many perspectives in the world that, you know, you're the only one like you. And while it's like rewarding to, to think that way, your perspective is not the only perspective. And you know, this teaches a lot of tolerance in society because everybody has their own thing going on. So I think that's a really, really cool quote today. And I think it does 
really helped get us off on this discussion about, you know, COVID and the vaccine, because this has hit our community really, really hard. And everybody's kind of wondering what to do, right? Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, there is a lot of information out there. There's a lot of misinformation out there. Um, I, I know that I've personally, and I know you have too, faced some, you know, some interesting conversations with people sending us materials and different links and different right. sources of information for us to check out. And <clears throat> while some of them you know, they can be very misleading. I know that there is a lot of conspiracy theory out there. I know I watched one video saying that the COVID vaccine um, had 5G networks in it, and then the government could track you. And now you've got like, antennas in your blood with the COVID vaccine being in your in your system. And that's some kind of like alien technology. So, you know, you have to be really, really careful because I know you laughed there for a minute, but like some people actually truly believe this, right? And I'm not saying I do or don't. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I, I'll just say that. But, you know, you have to be really careful at uh, the representation of information. And I know that, you know, not everybody presents the information with a sense of love. And that is where we're having a bit of issues with because there's there's always a really great way to deliver information especially when you're coming from a place of love and concern and you truly care then you're usually received a lot better than having somebody come you know come over to you and confront you and throw something in your face and get upset and yell and try to control the situation that's usually when you're not going to get the right response and a lot of the time people really just don't even hear you Right. Which is really, really unfortunate. Yeah. They don't hear you because they hear their what they want to hear. They see it through their own lens, you know, and you can't change the way someone sees something. And I think, you know, people right now are really struggling with that. You know, they're struggling with divides and they're, you know, being their whole situation is is exacerbated by the divides going on in society right now. And, you know, it's. It's concerning, but it also, I believe, is necessary. I think this kind of thing has to happen for people to kind of cross the bridge of me against you and who's right and who's wrong doesn't work mm -hmm. forever. It's it's not something that brings people together. It's something that separates people. And in order to kind of have a society where we're all collaborating, working together and loving each other and, and getting to a place where we can all try and get along and the countries can work together and governments can work together. Um, you know, that's not going to work, but this has to come forward first. Right. Well, and I feel like, like, for example, for anybody who's listening right now, you're thinking like, what the heck are they talking about? Like the vision. And I think a good example of this is like, remember last March when we first discovered that COVID was on our soil and, and it was a lot closer to home than we ever thought it would possibly be. And it happened so quickly. Yeah. And I know from like my personal experience, I was right away, it, I kind of felt this othering happening, even within my own perspective, the othering of here is me and here is you and here is them, you know, and especially having somebody with, you know, living with somebody with a spinal cord injury, Dan. And um, it started to kind of like, we started to kind of like 
categorize everything that if you are not like this, then you are like that. That means, you know, and I think that we saw that a lot in politics as well. It's like, if you're not North American, then there's a lot of blame happening from where did this come from? So I think that started to happen a little bit for me within my own home, like my neighbors. Oh, what are my neighbors doing now? Are they being careful? Are they having parties? Are they wearing their masks? Oh, are they at the beach? Are they having bonfires? Or, you know, I started kind of do a little bit of that as well. And then I became kind of fearful because all I was doing was consistently watching what everybody else was doing because I was scared. I wanted to protect us. But I also kind of felt a bit of depression and anxiety coming from that because I was so concerned about, you know, what was happening around me. And I I think this is sort of what is happening now with the vaccination. It's still something really new. It's still something that we don't know 100% about. We have never had trials for this vaccine. Long-term studies haven't been conducted for this vaccine that a little bit of that is sort of happening from my personal perspective. I mean, I don't know about you. What are your thoughts there? Well, I think this all comes down to, like you said, fear of the unknown Um, and like how people behave when there is a lot of fear of the unknown happening. Um, And, you know, us as humans, we have a lot of trouble just kind of not disconnecting, but releasing that control that we think that we have over every single aspect of our life. And I think that scares people. And I think it's a big challenge for a lot of people right now to kind of embrace the unknown. And, you know, there's so many unknowns happening right now, you know, where's the economy going to go? Where's our personal relationships going to go? What's going to happen with our work? What's going to happen with money? And it can get to be so much and then factor in you know, the threat in our community of, you know, us getting sick and not being able to help our partners, which is our ultimate fear, or our partners being hospitalized, um, and having some long term complications from something that, you know, we're seeing in the community. So I just think it's the fear of the unknown that is compounded. And now with this vaccine, it's kind of another fear of the unknown, although it has helped a lot of people to kind of take a deep breath and, um, kind of quench their fear a little bit. Um, I don't know. I mean, again, we kind of like to stay away from personal opinions, but I know Elena and I both, you know, we have to be honest here with our followers. We have both not really been vaccination types. Um, It's a little bit different here in Canada. You do have, you know, the choice of if you want to be vaccinated for certain things or not. Um, and both of us, you know, it's not uncommon here in Vancouver to be someone who hasn't really been vaccinated, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. absolutely. And and I think that people, some people think, oh, you know, you're being progressive. Maybe this is fashionable. This no. is trendy to oppose these things. And I've been, I've I've had that said to me, and I'm like, no, this isn't about being fashionable or trendy. This is about thinking for myself. Right. And I think that's such a big part of this podcast. What we wanted to talk about is, you know, when there is so many divides and there is so much fear circulating in the world right now, and there's so much information, but there's so much misinformation out there, the importance of taking a stand where you educate yourself using reliable sources that you trust and understanding, you know, what the vaccine does and how it works, and then making your own informed choice as to 
if this is something that you're willing to do because there's risks for everything. Absolutely everything. Even regular vaccines, there are risks. Whenever you inject something into Mm -hmm. your body, there is a risk. So you have to like, you know, we always talk about Elena. It's a calculated risk, whether you're going to go see somebody in the hospital during COVID or you're going to see your mom and um, in during times of COVID or a calculated risk of who I'm going to see and visit. And these are all calculated risks. And right. The places you go, what you choose to participate in, right. Um, how you choose to spend your money. You're always casting a vote, right? Right. You are indirectly casting a vote. Right. It's so true. And it's like up to you to decide what works for you. And, and the thing is, is like, own that you're in charge of yourself. You are the only person that you can make decisions for really, unless you're someone's power of attorney and they're, you know, incapacitated, you make your own decisions, you make your own choices, and you're not responsible for anybody else's choices, including those that are very close family. And I know that's another thing that really, a lot of people in our community struggle with is, kind of the reality of like, you do not have control over what others think, do or say, right? Yeah, exactly. I was I was kind of like hesitant. I was like, I don't know if I should share this story. I shared it with you, Brooke, about like, an experience that I had as a child with, with injecting things into my blood. Um, And I was I was kind of like, should I share this? I don't know. But I guess I will. Um, recently, (laughs) um, recently, and I've spoken out more openly about this, um, I guess throughout COVID, I think COVID's given us all a lot of time to process some very deep wounds and just, you know, being in that space of, we have some time to do that, I guess, you know, um, anyway, so I had recently had somebody, um, in my family get very upset with me because they saw, that I had made a post on my Facebook saying, you know, yay, my mom is getting her vaccine. She's in assisted living. You know, I'm so happy for her. This is something she's chosen to do for herself to protect herself. And I think that's great. And I said, and even though at this time I won't be getting vaccinated, I just hope everybody can respect each other and be kind. We're all going through something really new right now that we've never been through before. So at the very end of the day, just be kind to each other, be kind to one another, another, and then I had my family member get very upset with me, <clears throat> so on, so forth. And, and I think I people need to her. understand, though, listening, that, like, you're not exaggerating with what you said. Like, you're not exaggerating on what you wrote. Like, when I – I remember you sent me a photo of it, and when I looked at the post, I was like, this is the most, like, unbiased, just, like, friendly – non-judgmental post you know that I've seen like this isn't something that should make anyone angry really so I was surprised as to what was what happened after that yeah yeah so it was a few days of what I like to call emotional dumping (laughs) when somebody just kind of like you know hops on your page or sends you nice text messages with their opinions it's always really interesting to me but anyways and I noticed through the process of all of this going on over days I just like had these crazy flashbacks of something that I had experienced as a child and I I think I've been quite open with with our audience as well Um, for a quick backstory I was adopted from Siberia Um, I was adopted at eight years old so a lot of my memories were already quite developed and and my 
personality was quite developed uh, as to who I am now. But I had this flashback when I was still in the custody of my biological parents. Um, and my, the issue, the reason why I was adopted was because my mom was obviously very neglectful and was never home and quite abusive and whatnot. And it was just a really, really bad situation. And I was just talking to my sister about this on the phone the other day, sharing this with her too. And, and we both kind of reminisce about exactly the kind of living conditions we were both living in, you know, having to like dumpster dive for like scraps of food and taking care of our siblings and all these things. And so I had this really intense flashback and it was almost like I was in the room participating in what happened next. And it was kind of like a, from a bird's eye view. And I remember in my apartment it was very, very dirty in this one room apartment, picking up a syringe off the ground. And I was with my little friends. I think maybe we were like five or six. And I remember saying let's play doctor and taking this needle filling it with water and just like shooting my arm with it mimicking what we've all kind of I guess seen our parents do and seen maybe seen on tv this is how we play doctor and I just had this really intense overwhelming feeling of like holy shit I can't even believe this. So it was, it took me, it, I'm still processing it because I think that a lot of the time that when flashbacks hit us, for those of you who do experience flashbacks, it can sort of really linger with you day and night and you wake up and you kind of feel like a bit of a zombie. So going back to the topic of vaccination and why I personally have never gone towards vaccines for like the common flu and whatnot is just something that's really deeply rooted in, in my heart and soul. It's something that I have to like really process. And I'm not saying that I, I will never get the COVID vaccine. That's not at all what I'm saying. But I'm saying that sometimes we have to allow each other the space and the right to choose for ourselves what is right for ourselves. I would never, ever in my wildest dreams deter somebody else from getting a vaccine. That is not at all what I would do. But I would also never, ever, I would never tell somebody not to, and I would never tell somebody to do it. <laughs> it's kind of like, if that is what you believe in your heart and your soul is right for you, then I completely respect that. And the thing is, that story is so great because it's a great example of how you don't know the reasons why people make the choices that they choose. That is what's best for them, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, even your own family member didn't really realize that. Not that he should realize that, but it just goes to show you what happens when you don't respect other people's decisions for themselves. Um, you're not, you don't know the whole story. Well, right? and what happens, yeah, and what happens is you actually lose out on relationships, right? That's what happens is that now, yeah. you know, you know, what happens is maybe I won't ever want to have a conversation about why or why not I've chosen not to do something where it could have been a great platform. And I would have given that person all the opportunity to like hop on our platform, share yeah. all the facts, share all the science, share everything that you would love. Like, yeah. that would have been great. But I think the delivery really was missed there. And it's kind of unfortunate, you know. It is unfortunate. And it, it like you said, it kind of limits the amount of perspective and conversation that you could get, you know, with somebody and, and, you know, the chain of perspectives and conversations that can come from that conversation. It's, it's a missed opportunity, as it would be for everything else. Um, my story as to why I don't participate in vaccines, and I'm the same as Elena, like, I will never 
say to you that I will not be getting the COVID vaccine. Um, as it stands now, I won't be getting it um, because of my beliefs surrounding the body. And these are my own personal beliefs. When I was two years old, I had got a routine um, immunization and I forget what it was for. My mom would know. Um, but I got the shot in my leg and I, my mom remembers that I wasn't able to move my leg for three to four days. Uh, my leg was like completely paralyzed. I swelled up. Um, and then I lost all my hair shortly after. Wow. And yeah. And my mom would take me around to stores and people would ask if I was a cancer patient because, oh my gosh. yeah, by the time my, all my hair was gone, I was, you know, three years old, a girl that was born with, you know, like Delilah black curly hair, super thick. And then all of a sudden it's all gone. Um, so when that happened, it was very, very important in my family's life and my mom's life, particularly because she had this daughter that had this crazy immune response to a routine vaccination for a two-year-old. Um, and that kind of put her on a course of asking why. Um, and this would eventually change her life because she was like, well, no one has answers for me. She took me to, to every doctor on the face of the planet around where we are, every different modality. And no one really could tell her what was going on until she went to a naturopath. And the naturopath was like, your doctor or your daughter is extremely sensitive to chemicals and um, environmental pollutants. And she's got allergies. And it's interesting because not only did that set my mom off on a course of like holistic health and Chinese medicine and energy medicine, which would, you know, make the rest of her life. Um, but it also rubbed off on me and how I was raised. And I was raised in a family that was very holistic and very, very conscious of what we put in our bodies and why. And, you know, if your body's speaking to you, what does that mean? And what does it mean for your health? And how can you prevent illness through your foods and through your, you know, through your mind? And that's how I was raised. And nobody would know that by looking at me or listening to me talk about why I choose not to do something. Um, if I were to post something about the vaccine and saying no to it, I'm sure I'd get a lot of judgments, but people don't understand why. Um, when I look at what the vaccine does and how, you know, there hasn't been any long-term studies on what it does to the body, I would choose not to do it at the moment, but those are the reasons why, right? And everyone deserves to have their mm -hmm. own reasons. It's not like I'm going to go on the group and talk about it because those are my reasons and my, my reasons alone. And they have nothing to do with anybody else or anybody else's life. Right. Right. Absolutely. And I think the, the argument there was <clears throat> how irresponsible not to get the vaccine because everybody that you come in contact with has a risk of, you know, getting something from you or you getting something from them. That being said, and I would like to make this very, very open and public and very clear is that Brooke and I, we don't go anywhere. We don't do anything. We don't see anybody. We have not seen each other since last March when COVID first hit. We have been working remotely, completely Everything remotely. apart. <laughs> Every single thing. 
Brooke has a delivery system for groceries, for, you know, for everything. I literally, as most of you have seen on my personal page, I spend a lot of my time at the beach or in the forest or going for walks. Um, I use my KN95 mask to see my mom. I don't touch my mom. I don't touch anything there. I go through a screening process every single time I enter. Uh So I just want, you know, I think that, yes, okay, that is a great argument. But also, it's calculated risk. Uh Be reasonable. Be Uh smart. Be cautious of your surroundings. Be spatially aware. Uh Be aware of the people that you're coming into into contact with. Uh When you're going grocery shopping, be mindful. Be, you know, if something is wrong, if somebody's too close, don't be afraid to say, you know, really nicely. You can say, you know, please respect my space. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, how can anybody get mad about that? How can anybody get upset at you? And for a lot of us, you know, um, there, a lot of the WAGs of SEI that we do have on our page are healthcare workers. They're going in and out, helping everybody who's going through COVID. This has been a very devastating time for so, so many people. This is also the reason why we backed off. So, yes, we are definitely aware of the risks that our partners have with COVID-19, the risks that we have with COVID-19, that our families have, that you have. We are definitely aware of that. And, you know, we are so extremely sorry for everybody who has really been hit hard. Um, you know, our hearts yeah. absolutely go out to them. Yeah. And just to elaborate on that, um, there's like a common thing that we've been hearing around the community and through people we know, um, commenting about how could you do that and come back to your partner and put him at risk. Um, I know there's a lot of wags that have been hearing that because of their own calculated risk. And I was thinking about this the other day and I'm like, you know, I hate when people that are able-bodied assume that because our partners are quadriplegics that need help, with their tasks of living that they can't think for themselves. This pisses my husband off. This pisses me off so much because it's like, it's that assumption that like our partners are just sitting at home saying, Oh yeah, Brooke Elena, go and do this. Take your own calculated risks, bring back something into our home um, by going out on a walk or, or going to a doctor's appointment, bring something back to our home and infect me. Um, You know, our partners are very smart guys. And just because they have physical disabilities does not mean they cannot think for themselves and and decide for themselves how they want to be at risk. We're not going to go out and do something um, mm-hmm. without considering what our partners would say about that. So I find it kind of offensive when people assume that our partners can't think or speak for themselves. Right. That's a, that's a very good point. And another thing I want to touch on quickly is pregnancy. You know, we we are on our own journeys, whether we want to have children or not, whether we're, you know, are trying to have children or not. And that is another assumption that I think we all have to be really careful about is that we don't know who is on their fertility journey, where they're at. And for those uh, individuals, I think it's safe to say that you do have concern over whether or not you're getting vaccinated. And I think that that is a choice that somebody has to make for themselves. So there are many, many angles to this conversation, you guys. Yeah. You know, it's it's been on our hearts and and our minds a lot lately. I think that we wanted to hop on quick and just kind of share a little bit of our personal journeys and stories and 
kind of incite a bit of conversation and thought about our personal reactions when we are speaking to each other and the people around us. Yeah, and just like being mindful. You know, we don't want to create more division. We want to respect each other's choices. We want to understand that when people react and when people assume, they're assuming from their own place. They're assuming from their own stance and it has nothing to do with you. And it's really hard to really understand that. I know like we've all been there. We both all struggle with that as humans, where when someone puts their views on you, you question yourself, right? And it's not nice, right? So I think before we end here, we wanted to kind of just explain in real terms what this vaccine does and encourage everybody to go on the appropriate channels if you're unsure about what you want to do about the vaccine and make your own extremely informed decision. Go onto the medical websites. Um, Go on to, you know, PubMed, which is a research site, an official research site that combines... Uh, papers from all over the world of research done, and it will tell you and show you what has been done on RNA vaccines, what hasn't been done. Um, I found a really good explanation that um, uses the, it's an analogy that I feel like everybody can understand. So I think one of the biggest uh, misconceptions about the vaccine is that it's a DNA vaccine. It's not a DNA vaccine. It is an RNA vaccine, which is a messenger protein. So this is a really good analogy, and this is from harvard.edu. So as an analogy, one can see the DNA as a cookbook in a library. The recipe is stored here, but it cannot be used. The sous chef or the chef's assistant first makes a copy, and then in brackets they have the RNA, of a specific recipe and brings it into the kitchen. The information is now ready to use by the chef who can add the ingredients in the order specified by the recipe and create a cake, which is the protein. So they explain it in like a way that everybody can understand what the RNA vaccine is actually doing. It's an instruction manual for your body to create an immune response. Mm -hmm. It's not injecting it into your DNA, but it is a synthetic RNA molecule that was created in a lab in order to instruct your immune cells. Um, So again, this is from harvard.edu, and this is an article explaining how the vaccine works, and I encourage everybody to go on and read for themselves what it does. Um, I've read, and I don't know about you, Elena, but I've read a lot of you know, experts coming out saying that, you know, this vaccine will not harm your DNA at all. Um, It'll do nothing but give us immunity. You know, there's no research that says it will harm your cells. However, everybody should know that no one is saying anything about long-term anything because they don't know anything about long-term when it comes to an RNA vaccine. So they can't go on and say, oh, this won't harm you in the long term. This won't create any sort of side effects in the long term because they don't know. And right. Right. So I think everybody needs to understand that. Um, Everyone needs to understand that, you know, they don't, there's no hiding behind that. You know, vaccine trials take seven to 10 years on average, and it's been sped up to 10 months to get this out into the world. Um, and right. 
Right. And I think, yeah. And I think with that, they've taken as many um, as possible to taking all the specialists who are, you know, in the labs creating this from all over the world to kind of like crunch time and get it out. Yeah. Yeah. And they have, you know, the, the only study that they've done is 48,000 participants um, over a 10 month period. And the FDA approval has been sped up because they've, you know, they've explained that they've looked at the facts and documentation from those 48,000 people that have participated in the trial right away. And they were able to process right away um, in, you know, due to a fact of emergency. Um, And the reason it takes seven to 10 years to approve a vaccine normally is because those studies are, they have hundreds of studies that span over seven to 10 years. Um, And they wait for all the studies to be done before they submit it for approval. So that's, you know, (laughs) right. And I, and I know from like hearing some stories here um, within our own community in Vancouver, British Columbia, that um, a lot of the healthcare workers were able to get their first dose of the vaccine. And I believe it's a two-step process. So you will have one dose and then you'll go for your second dose. And I just kind of found it interesting that uh, after the first dose, you know, I guess Bonnie Henry went on and said, actually, we're going to hold off on the second dose because we're going to see yeah. what happens with the first dose. And is <laughs> yeah. it going to be enough? And so I can't help but wonder, are these our test subjects for long term studies? Like, you know, the people that received the first dose, hopefully, obviously, nothing will happen. That is like the best outcome. Yeah, uh, that nothing will happen. Everything will be fine. They'll be OK with the first dose. But it's still so there's so many unknowns, you know, the fact that we didn't we don't know is it is the first dose going to be enough? When do we yeah. administer the second dose? Do we administer the second dose? Um, so, yeah, well, I mean, it's there's a lot of unknowns. And there's so much conflicting information out there, too. It's hard to know what to believe. You kind of have to go back to basics um, and look and inform yourself what exactly it does and where it came from. And then look up the research and see that there's really nothing for any sort of long term implications And you know what, like we said before, that is part of making your own choice and making your own informed choice, because like it or not, you know, you'd mentioned, are they the test subjects? Yes, of course they are. Everybody who's getting the vaccine right now is okay with being in a test group. And that's fine. It's extremely brave. They've all made this informed choice to do this for the collective. And that should be applauded because there is no real change without people volunteering to participate in these wide scale studies. You know, Pfizer has come out and said that they don't know the long term implications even past a year if this vaccine will keep you safe. And this is also part of the test group is they they need to know this and they need people getting the vaccine in order to tell them this information so that they can fine tune it. Um, mm-hmm, absolutely. Right. So, yeah. So I mean, once again, <laughs> so once again, we will reread the quote for you that we <laughs> that I read at the very beginning of this podcast. And the quote for for today was karma. How people treat you is their karma. How you react is yours. So please, please, please keep that in mind when you are hearing information like this or any other kind of conflicting information that maybe you don't agree with. You know, that's the beauty about learning. Everything we know, we've read ourselves. You can learn anything. Anything in this world, you can learn. You have that opportunity. 
And I want to give a shout out to one of our followers in Sweden, who I remember, you know, we were talking about what happened in March of last year, how the pandemic just like swept in on us and everybody was like, what's going on? You know, that was around the time when everyone thought it was just a flu. And, you know, I remember her messaging us and saying, hey, no, right? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, this is a a good example of us kind of, you know, not informing ourselves and not understanding that there are other perspectives, right. right? Like she messaged us and she said, Hey girls, um, I'm so worried right now. I just got off a flight and I need to quarantine for the next 14 days. And I need to be away from my partner who's a quad and I'm so scared and this not. And we responded being like, isn't this just like a flu? Like, why are you worried? Why are you concerned? Like we were trying to comfort yes. her. Right. And then yes. she messaged us like two months later with screenshots being like, you know, she, this girl's very open and honest and blunt. Um, she was like, look what you girls said. Now it's a global pandemic. And it's like, well, that's just a good lesson for us. To know that, like, A, you know, we will listen to everybody who has a different perspective and we won't react in a way of, like, you know, isn't this a flu? Because you never know, right? So that's just a good lesson. (laughs) Yeah, she definitely did. She definitely put us in our place. She was like, what are you talking about? Take this seriously. So that was definitely, and she was right. I mean, hello, we're in it. She was also the same one that told us about, um, I think, think it was an app something about an app and how the government is taking your information and using it and you know don't repost this and yeah and uh (laughs) the app basically like has access to your like phone and your photos and videos and they have access to your contact list and she was like she's like I just get off of Facebook I don't use that app anymore so we've had some really great conversations with her actually she is quite forward she's quite smart quite a brilliant young lady um so you know it's always good we're always open to new perspectives and new new ideas and new knowledge and education there's nothing that we would ever say no to we would always definitely take everything you guys say we take every single message every single email every single thing that you guys write us or send us we read it we discuss it all the time day and night so Please do. If you have some more information for us regarding anything spinal cord injury or being a WEG of SCI, wife or girlfriend of spinal cord injury, please feel free to write us. Send it in to WEGSofSCI at gmail.com. And of course, if you are a WEG of SCI, please, please feel free to join our WEGS of SCI private discussion group on Facebook. This is 100% private. You definitely cannot be a mother or a grandma or a grandpa to join the group. You have to be a wag of SCI. The conversations stay in that forum. And we also wanted to give a shout out to this episode's sponsor, um, Robin Wishart of Wishart Brain and Spine Law. And um, we wanted to thank her for all her support towards us, towards the community. If you have any questions for Robin, she does provide free legal advocacy and advice for our group specifically. Please send us an email anytime. Um, thank you for tuning in today. We know that these topics are tough to discuss, but hopefully we've planted a seed um, or sparked some interest in you somewhere, even just one person out there, then it's all worth it. Um, Absolutely. Right. So thank you for tuning in, everybody. And until next time. Cheers. Hey, guys, let's take a moment to highlight a cause that is near and dear to our hearts. 
For the love of parking led by our ambassador, Rebecca Mina is an advocacy media outlet that focuses on creating awareness about disability access while also sharing access to important information from our community. For the Love of Parking encourages their followers to tag them in any access barriers or issues in order to add to the virtual diary that is being created for the end goal of updating ADA laws. Head over to the website where they have tons of great information, including medical grade percussors. In fact, both of us use them for ourselves and our partners. Percussors help to reduce inflammation, move the lymph, help with spasms. They also assist in bowel and bladder care and so much more. Did I mention that it makes massage easier on our hands? Use code WAGS of SCI on the website for a discount. You can like and follow For the Love of Parking on Facebook and Instagram and use hashtag don't park like a punk. The advocacy and outreach group Wags of SCI is currently a volunteer-based operation. We raise funds year-round to pay for date nights for our couples, essential medical supplies that our members may not be able to afford, mental health support for our Wags, including counseling, and our amazing meetups led by our volunteer ambassadors around the globe. If you feel called to support our mission, please visit our website, wagsofsci.com or donate directly to the Wags of SCI GoFundMe page. We thank you for your support to help make this group possible and make a difference in the lives of SCI couples worldwide.